Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today, Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you this Good morning, morning Dr. Paul. How are you this morning? Doing well. Doing mm-hmm. well. Uh, a lot better than they're doing uh, over in the Mediterranean. Yeah, uh, no kidding. Stirring up trouble. I wonder who stirs up all this trouble because yeah. people are basically nice, don't you think? Yeah. And then uh, they go astray. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, a little bit of that, but... What a mess. And I, it just just bewilders me to think about, you know, all of the violence and the killing. And there's never any progress. You know, even even for the bad guys, uh, they might have progress for a day. But you, you'd have to say, well, did, did Hitler have a valuable life? You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was a king of the hill for a year or two. But boy, that's, it's such a mess. So that's what we have to contend with because the results of uh, the philosophy of using government violence to mold other people and to not allow people to be their own governor and uh, have a couple rules like don't hurt people, don't steal from them, don't kill people. And uh, they can do a lot better because, you know, when governments make those decisions, they do the opposite. They tend to do a lot of killing and uh, they tend to uh, take the guns from us and give them only to the government. to do all the killing. Anyway, that's the big picture, the, the small picture of a consequence of the, the way governments have run and the way they're going right now. And a consequence, uh, as we see it, is uh, you know, a consequence of our obsession with our empire. We, we have to say something about everything. And we have to finance it because we worked it out. We worked out a deal that we were going to have a fiat currency, print printed will, and we'll just take care of people. As long as you trust the dollar, things will be okay. But it's starting to fray, and that's where, that's where I get concerned. But the big issue over the weekend, of course, was hundreds killed in an Israeli bombing of Gaza hospital. Mm-hmm. Now, would anybody bomb the hospital on purpose? I would hope not, but uh, I don't put anything past them, yeah. any of them. And, uh, but the big thing is, is who did it? Are both sides immune from fibbing and lying or propagandizing? They're, they're not. Uh, it's certainly easy for, for me to think that uh, one side has uh, you know, overstepped its bounds. And uh, I think the culprit that overstepped bounds and got involved in these kind of skirmishes was our own government, yeah. you know, getting involved. That uh, it might not even be there if we didn't try to finance everybody and thinking they're going to come together. No, they just fight, fight even more. But this hospital thing is, uh, the big argument is, well, did the, um, did the Israelis do it on purpose and uh, to make a point? And, and uh, there's a lot of support for that idea. But then the other side said, uh, uh, you know, the Israelis said, it can't be. We have the technical proof that this could not have come, you know, from one of our big bombs. Yeah. And it, it has to have come, you know, from... Uh, from the Palestinians, mm-hmm. and, and, and they did this, maybe an accident or whatever. But the thing of it is, and that was instantaneously, uh, instantaneous that they were able to come up with the alternative. And it, that alternative, uh, you know, uh, reached out, a lot of people grabbed hold of it. But the one thing that sort of impressed me is how many people didn't do it. And it really, it, uh, whoever's doing whatever, it did mobilize uh, 
the Arab world. I think, uh, and I think, uh, I think Israel's aware of that. I think they could have marched in the next day and taken over, but I think there is a, there is a reality that uh, the Arab world and the rest of the world is saying enough is enough. And, uh, but, but both sides have a lot of proving to do, and right now, I don't see how it's going to be done uh, gracefully. And uh, yeah, this is very, very serious stuff, and uh, it, uh, it, it has affected every, everything is going on financially, money-wise, and uh, also the military-industrial complex. So there are a lot of economic issues uh, involved as well. Yeah, nobody knows who bombed the hospital. It's the only Christian hospital in Gaza. Um, it, the scenes were horrific last night. Um, and I think, you know, people's minds were probably made up at, at the beginning. If they support one side or the other, they won't believe the other stories. So we, what we don't know when we won't know because propaganda takes over immediately. Um, and, and all sides use it in war. Um, but there are a couple of interesting things. The Israelis were caught um, editing some video. They put out some video proving that it was not them. And there's a little timestamp that they had actually made that video about 10 minutes after, 30 minutes after the attack. So they had edited some video doing that. They also released what they purported to be a phone call between two Hamas agents discussing the fact that it was their own bomb that hit it. And they were roasted on, the, on Twitter over that because they say, you have the technology to listen to two guys from Hamas talking about this bomb. <laughs> but you couldn't detect a whole year of them planning this huge attack? You know, give me a break. So they really got roasted over that. So we don't know what happened with the horrific bomb, but it did, as you, as you say in your opener, it really did coalesce the entire, as if they needed another event. It coalesced in even somewhere like Jordan, where they try to be a close U.S. partner, and we'll talk about this later, their leadership had to react. So... In the midst of all this horror, here's Biden saying, don't know, I'm going to go take a trip over there and solve the problems. <laughs> Put on this first clip because it is a disaster for him, I would say, and for his whole team. Biden in Israel agrees with Netanyahu. Looks like the other team did it. So, you know, this, uh, this trip was scheduled to be something very, very different, Dr. Paul. This was, and I'm sure the people at the State Department, the people around him, the people in the White House, they had all the optics down. Biden was going to swoop in. He's going to meet Netanyahu. They're going to have a nice hug. They're going to talk about how much we're going to support them. But in a twist, then he's going to have a summit in Jordan with a bunch of Arab leaders. So it's going to show like he's taking an even hand, an even approach. He's a peacemaker. He's trying to solve the problem. Well, this bombing of the hospital was basically a bombing of his trip. And as a result, the other side, the Arab side, said, we're not going to have a summit. We don't want to meet with you. We don't want to talk to you. Uh, and so it was an absolute disaster. And so with that happening, it left this next picture is basically the entirety of his trip, which is him sitting in a weird room with Netanyahu covered by Israeli and American flags. This is exactly the opposite image the U.S. would want to have out if it's trying to make the case that we are an honest broker here. <laughs> so I don't know if the Israelis are happy with this or if Netanyahu is happy with this, but this is definitely not the look Biden was going for. And if you can indulge me, Dr. Paul, I have one video clip of his arrival. I think this is on Sky News in the UK, just to see what it looked like when he arrived 
after this fiasco. Let's listen in. Uh, the uh, events at the uh, hospital he considered not coming, but uh, he is here. He is stepping down the steps onto the soil of a country at war and uh, will head straight to meet Benjamin Netanyahu. And uh, those two... We can pull that, yeah. The interesting thing about this clip, I think, Dr. Paul, was they said that he was considering not going. Mm. So, interesting. But, you know, that picture uh, elicits some feelings that I have about it. It's almost like they're consoling each other. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're, weird. you're doing okay and we're buddies. <laughs> yeah. It'll work out all right. Uh, but I have a soft spot for trying to trying to find excuses for not being, you know, bitter yeah. against Biden because my first thought, this man's sick. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know if, I don't I, I don't think it's very good. I wasn't trained to find the sick people. Oh, I don't like you, but you're sick and you just go fly kite. Yeah. But there, there is, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's not getting any better. But the big, big question there is why, why do his handlers permit that? And you say, oh, well, he's his own man. I don't think so. I, yeah. I think the handlers are there and maybe one lives with them, you know, that, yeah. that, that runs the show. But that is that is really very sad. And it compounds things. It doesn't solve things. And uh, these, you know, negotiations when people are fighting, that sounds like a good idea to me. At least at least they should be talking to each other. But uh, this this doesn't look like it's going to serve the purpose of, uh, of uh, you know, resolving the difficulties there in that picture you point out, you know. That's enough to to uh, upset a lot of uh, Palestinians and Arabs and the whole world over there. They're not going to be too happy, and uh, Israel might not like it either. You know, because this is this is we're trying to so good the good Israelis. They want to stop the war too, and they say you're not helping us with this with this type of propaganda. Yeah. But uh, the markets were reeling, though, even uh, immediately after the bombing. This was, and I. So far, uh, the the events in in uh, uh, in Israel and in Gaza hasn't done a whole lot. But last night, uh, the market really was shaken from this, and uh, so it's becoming a, 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 a economic issue as well as a political issue. And time will tell where that'll go. But no matter what happens. It's going to cost the American taxpayer more money, yeah. and that yeah. that means the war against the war against our middle class will continue, and the lack of interest about our the invasion on our borders it will be put on the side burner because we're not going to deal with that. And uh, maybe somebody might say maybe that's maybe they want that was take your attention off off the real problems that we should be dealing with. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, first of all, we know that Biden and Netanyahu hate each other's guts, so that hug must have been <laughs> awkward for both of them. But, you know, Netanyahu, what he needs, what he needed is full-throated support from the U.S. Back to old times again. We love you unconditionally. But it was a little weird. Now, here is them sitting next to each other. Maybe it's just me, but they look very awkward. If you can watch that next clip. They look very awkward. And Biden says something weird which is not uncommon, but it's even particularly weird. That second video clip, we'll play that whole clip and watch Biden when he's uh, kind of consoling, I guess. Um, yeah, let's, let's uh, 
Yeah, here we go. Let's listen to this one. You might want to put your headphone, your earpiece in. I was deeply saddened and outraged by the uh, explosion at the hospital in Gaza yesterday. And based on what I've seen, it appears as though it was done by the other team, not, not you. But there's a lot of people out there not sure. So we've got, a lot, we've got to overcome a lot of things. That was strange, wasn't it? Based on what I've seen, and no one knows what it is, uh, but based on what I've seen, it looks like it was done by the other team, which is a weird way of saying things. But then, so this is not the full-throated support, because then he goes on to say, well, there's a lot of people out there who are not sure. He doesn't <laughs> say they're wrong or they're stupid or they're evil. He just said there's a lot of people who don't believe this, but i got to say it, so I'm going to say it at least. But the one thing is there's more and more Americans are starting to wake up about this funding for everybody and especially uh, mixing it up now to get uh, the money to Israel as well as Ukraine yeah. when well, they don't have any money in the bank. Yeah. And I, I think it doesn't take a genius to, to figure that out. You know, he had already, I guess, canceled the trip uh, with Jordan. And, uh, well, they canceled it on him. Yeah. They said, don't, don't bother. Okay, that's right. And, but but now, that, now they won't even talk to him. The Arab nations. Yeah. So, so uh, it's it's done exactly the opposite so far. And that's why I keep saying, you, you know, uh, the people that are closest to him, um, you know, I even if it's just policy that he wants, they could maybe give him some guidance. But what if uh, what if he is ill? And so some people think so. And I think he has a problem yeah. that just putting him out there on the stage. I that seems to be the whole thing. Even if he gets up and he's going to give a 20-minute speech and he reads it, and he reads it pretty well on occasion. Yeah. But then, you know, the situation now is if he spends 45 seconds or a minute and a half, you know, just losing it all, he canceled out everything. Nobody listened to a word he said, yeah. you know. And, and what's that going to do? That's why people are talking back to us that uh, we're not going to expect uh, what we need from from Americans, you know, because because they're running out of steam, they're running out of policy, they're running out of money, and the world is changing rapidly. And the interesting thing part is Europe is not even part of this. They're totally gone. But at the same time that, that Biden, and you're right, he does not look like he's at the top of his game. We remember the old Biden. Now, he was evil, but he was, you know, he was a force to be reckoned with in his evilness. Now, he looks doddering. He looks like he can't handle things. And at the same time this is happening, you have this big conference over in Beijing. You've got Xi Jinping meeting with Putin, meeting with world leaders, this big event. Everyone, you know, even though I think uh, Putin just turned 71 or whatever, very vibrant, very alive. And there you have Biden sitting in a chair. I think the other team did it. I think your team did it. I don't know. You know, right. and it's, um, it's bizarre. But look, so look at the next one, if we can. This is from PBS, and it's kind of interesting. So as we've mentioned, the summit with Arab leaders in Jordan has called off as President Biden heads to Israel. So he goes anyway. The whole Jordan leg, which was important, is gone. But listen to this editorialization on the part of PBS. And I'm going to have a clip to play after this. Go to that next clip because this is funny. Praise. Despite what's so obviously a decline in the part of Biden, PBS has got to prop him up. Here's what they write. Bush's decision to put himself in a conflict zone the same year he made a surprise visit to Ukraine demonstrates his willingness to take personal and political risks as he becomes heavily invested in another intractable foreign conflict. And then here's a quote. This is how Joe Biden believes politics works 
and history is made, said John Alterman at CSIS. So Biden going there personally really is how you make history. Well, here's what they say. Here's how Biden really was. Play that next clip. Here's Biden making history. He sits down with Netanyahu. Let's listen to what he has to say. You know, uh, years ago, I asked the Secretary of State when he and I were working in the Senate to write something for a man. He said, uh, he wrote a line that uh, I think is appropriate. He said, uh, it's not, we need uh, not just, uh, well, I won't go into it. I'll wait later. Taking too much time. So here, <laughs> you know. here we're at a point, it's, it's funny but not funny. We're at a point where we're staring World War III in the face. And here's Biden sitting there. Oh, oh never mind. <laughs> yeah, it's it, astonishing. It, it's really sad, sad story. Uh, I wanted to mention, you know, some of the downturns about, you know, economics and all. But what about the downturns under these six situations of civil liberties? Yeah. You, you know, uh, that, there's a, a worldwide effort, effort, including in the United States, you know, with Patriot Act and more attack on people who might have an opinion that might lead to a crime. They yeah. might be terrorists and who knows. And yet they themselves and the government that's doing this, they're closer to being could be defined as a terrorist. That's somebody that speaks out. So the potential terrorist is somebody now that talks and it just, you know, sorts it out and tries to be uh, uh, fair-minded and look at both sides of it. And this, I just want to mention uh, the ex-UK, he's not a diplomat right now, Craig Murray, but he's, he's well known. Yeah, oh yeah. And, but he took a real strong position for the uh, Palestinians. Mm -hmm. uh, should should that be a crime? I yeah. mean, he 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 was withheld, but he's a, I think he's a, said he was already in prison one time too. Yeah, he had been. Yeah, for thought crimes as well. He's not only uh, on the Palestinian, but he's also very big on releasing Assange. And so I think those two things are sore spots. And so they detained him. You know, he didn't hurt anyone. Nope, he had the wrong thoughts and detained. You would think we'd get some benefits, you know, when we have a president that's having a little trouble with his faculties. Maybe he'll just, uh, uh, you know, g g take care of Assange and let him go, yeah, you know, no, I don't know. give him a pardon. <laughs> what are you going to pardon for? What did he do? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, as if it could not get worse, it is getting worse because this is from our friends at antiwar.com. So in light of all this, you have, let's just set the stage. You've got two carrier attack groups. By the way, uh, President Putin, when he was in Beijing, he said, uh, now this is not a threat, but I just want to let you know that we're patrolling the Black Sea and we have Kinzhal missiles that can hit those ships. You know, just a reminder. <laughs> but so you have these two attack groups. You have maybe 15,000 U.S. Uh, troops ready for combat. You have the entire Muslim world, not Arab world, Muslim world, absolutely incensed and spitting mad at the U.S. because of its perceived, factually so, perceived being tied to the hip with Israel. So we have all of these things happening is the backdrop to this next clip, if you can put it on. This is Michael McCall, the chairman of the House Foreign, Relations, Foreign Affairs Committee. McCall is preparing an authorization of military force if Gaza war escalates. So if Israel's war on Gaza expands and Hezbollah gets involved, Senator, uh, Representative Michael McCall is going to declare war or get the president to declare war or authorize the <laughs> use of force. 
he is dragging the U.S., Dr. Paul, into the middle of a war with several billion people. I can't imagine anything being so uh, careless, callous, uh, and insane. Yeah, but he wants to lead you to believe that he's pretty normal and uh, and he has uh, feelings for people and he should treat people fairly and he wanted to put a good spin on what he's saying. He he doesn't get up and you know you you're you're you know almost getting close to making him tell the truth. You know? uh -huh. No, no, he won't do that. But here he said this he when he describes what he wants to do this this artificial declaration of war to use military force and it's automatic. You give them everything and they, yeah. they want. But he says I hope I never have to mark this bill up in his committee. He's the chairman, and uh, my answer was. Then don't do it. Yeah, yeah, don't. Why, do it. why must you do do this? Ever do it? I mean, matter of fact, uh, the, just think of how many things. I bet we could draw up a long list, especially since World War II, of uh, some of these things that we have done, getting involved in in how many things which were major wars and many wars, and at least uh, you know financing a, a whole industry that is a war industry. So, but uh, they never they never answer that question but they, they, they'd have an answer they're saving the world that's our it, it, it what really bugs me is when they turn it around and say well we have a moral responsibility it is our duty to do this god has told me i have to start this yeah. war you know so yeah. that's that's what that annoys me i mean i think if you look up the words america last in a dictionary it would have mccall <laughs> because this is literally america last this is declaring war against the entire Muslim world, uh, the United States declaring war on the entire Muslim world, pinning the most massive target on our backs, a thousand 9-11s, opening the door to all of these to defend a country that we don't even have an alliance with. We don't have a treaty with Israel. I don't even think we would do it with Germany. But the idea that you would put your own nation at such risk, at such risk for the perceived benefit, because I think we would argue it's not really helping Israel all that much you know, us being behind them no matter what they do. Um, for the perceived benefit of a foreign country, uh, it just shows how far the, the U.S. has fallen that it would even consider something like you this. You know, on occasion in the presidential campaign, uh, they would throw fairly uh, a challenge to me about my policies that I would advocate with uh, Israel. And, uh, but one of my arguments has been that it really doesn't help Israel. Yeah, exactly. You, you know, it's uh, this mess here. I mean, they've had all the, almost all, all the big money, and we've taken care of them, and we have your back. Anything you need, we're going to take care of it. And yet there's still problems out there. And when you compare that to a period of time when there were no, no design homelands uh, for the various groups, we didn't have a Palestinian homeland or anything else, that uh, when, when people m mingle and come together voluntarily, most likely they're going to be a lot less uh, eager to fight and kill their neighbors. Uh, but when it, when it comes, when the government gets involved, when they have control of the pr propaganda machine, and that is, you know, silence the people who are telling the truth and let, th let them hear only the lies about why, why to do this. But, of course, we pointed out here that already that... Uh, uh, People aren't buying all these lies, uh, you know, in Ukraine or in the Middle East. Yeah. Well, as if it couldn't get worse. I mean, this is a day of worse and worse, I guess, Dr. Paul. But 
Um, not only are we trying to go to war with the entire Muslim <laughs> world uh, to no benefit of ours, but we're going to, as you stated in your opening, we're going to tax the heck out of the American people to do it. And this is from Politico, this next clip. Biden expected to ask Congress for a $100 billion package that includes aid for Israel and Ukraine. We can fund it all. Remember what Janet Yellen says? We can afford two wars at once. <laughs> we can afford this. Who's this we, Janet? You know, I mean, it's crazy. So do the next one. Now, here's what's so apparently is going to go down. The Biden administration expects to ask Congress for at least $100 billion in supplemental funding to address Israel, Ukraine, and domestic issues such as border funding, disaster rate, according to people. So this is what, this is, as you predicted, Dr. Paul, how it always goes. Put in everything but the kitchen sink so nobody can vote against it. You voted against border money. How dare you? You can't vote against Israel. You can't vote against Ukraine. That's how they do it, and that's exactly how it works, and it does work. I have no doubt that this will pass. You know, and most of that $100 billion could be traced back to a problem. We can't deny the problem, but it's a problem that we participated in creating. <laughs> yeah. And I got to thinking about this. And there used to be an old saying that was very popular, two wrongs don't make a right. And uh, I, I think uh, uh, they, they, they have... Two, two, two wrongs make a right. They yeah. believe, well, we, we did this. It was a mistake, and we know that, but we have to correct it. We just didn't give them enough money. We just didn't kill enough people. We didn't have our allies put together. Yeah. So they, they, uh, they don't hesitate to say having two or three or four wrongs, uh, that's correct. But they do that in foreign policy and do it in economic policy. They do it in social relationships. They make mistakes, and, uh, and they make things worse, so they do more of the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, let's skip one and go to the one about Mitch McConnell, because this is from the same article. So the whole idea, as you know, Dr. Paul, is putting that Ukraine money because there's a lot of Republicans now who are listening to their constituents who are saying no more money for Ukraine. We don't want to do it. One hundred and fifty billion. And it's a lost war. So they're purposely doing this to they call it jam the far right to force them to vote for this money. McConnell, of course, he's all for it. If you can go to that. It's not the next clip. There we go. Thanks. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell on Tuesday backed the administration's position of tying the aid together, along with support for Taiwan. He wants more. And here's McConnell. It's all interconnected. You've got the North Koreans, the Iranians, the Russians, the Chinese, sort of, on the same side of the democratic world. So there's a connection between all of this. I'm not surprised, frankly, that the administration seems to be inclined to send up a broad package. Speaking very approvingly. And now I know that there are probably a lot of problems with this next representative, but it's pretty gutsy what she's tweeted. And this is Marjorie Taylor Greene. Put this next one up. She tweeted this up. She said, Biden wants $100 billion in aid for Ukraine and Israel. I will vote no. Biden wants to bring in millions of Palestinian refugees. I will vote no. Biden refuses to secure America's border and lets in millions and we're $33 trillion in debt. Biden is America last. So good for MTG for saying, I am not going to vote for this bill. There was a thing that w was prevalent in recent history in the last several decades. And it was common to hear and say, don't 
you know, put a bunch of stuff, miscellaneous things, extra things onto a bill. Vote your bills clean. And it was, it was very popular. I don't hear that as much anymore because everybody thinks that's the only way I can get what I want. Yeah. You know, you have to put it together. And what they, they, they do, do is, is uh, uh, th this is a scheme. It's sort of a blackmail. You know, they teach them to be de very dependent on special interests and, uh, it was uh, it was very evident that uh, they say, well, we'll help you raise money. I, when I went on the banking committee, when I was way back in the 70s, they came to me and they said, this is not a, people don't sort of like being on the banking committee, but it's a good committee because th this is what you can do and, and, and you can raise money yeah. do, doing this. So, but, but you're in bed with them and they, and they sort of blackmail you and that's what this is. Okay, half of, half of them wanted for uh, Ukraine, the other half wanted for Israel yeah. and uh, what about the American taxpayer yeah, no one wants why, why, why did they leave the poor taxpayer out <laughs> yeah always always last <laughs> well I'm gonna close out we don't have a good news story today but we have a good news story let's put on that last clip good news story is that you can read dr. Paul's terrific brand new book um, the great surreptitious coup uh, you can read it as a gift from the Ron Paul Institute to you for supporting our fall fundraiser. We only have a couple weeks left, and we only have a few books left. So uh, I will put in a link to tell you how you can get a copy of this sent to you for your tax-deductible support for the Ron Paul Institute, all the things we do, putting on the Liberty Report, our conferences, our scholars seminars, uh, and you can be part of the real peace movement, not just peace when convenient and that's what we stand for so description in uh, info in the description and we hope you'll participate well you know one thing i hope that you went over it before we published it at all and make sure <laughs> i didn't make any mistakes or no i wimped out on any issue <laughs> <laughs> no danger of that <laughs> yeah we've been we've been we've been very careful we've been trying to you know spot any time that you you go some way and i go the other way <laughs> how did it come out that way what 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 is it that brought us together well it, it's simple people come together freedom is popular and it brings people together and that's what some people don't understand. It's the government that separates us. You know, people say, oh no, government is so necessary. You can't be against the government. You'd be not patriotic. You gotta do this and that. But uh, no, they want, uh, they want you to follow, follow the rules and uh, they, don't, they really don't believe in personal relationships. They say, you guys don't even want any government. I'll tell you what, from my viewpoint, we have the best government, and the government is real close to home. It could be the state, it could be the city, it could be the county, but it could be your household, it could be your parents, and you have rules, you know, to get around uh, all the nonsense. And yet, right now, I mean, do you think uh, with the stories we hear now, what goes on in public schools, uh, it's getting attention, and that's good. But that, that is just terrible because most of those problems, the moral uh, you know, attitude that is expressed in our schools is so bad, but it's, it's ignored. So I think government is very important. I think ultimately though, not only is it your family, your friends and your, uh, your church that might guide you in the morality, the ultimate responsibility falls on us. 
And uh, under those conditions, we can't defer. Oh, well, I had a bad time. This has happened. I, I will go to the government. The government will take care of me. Well, why don't you go to your neighbor? Oh, no, he might shoot me if I want get, I take what I want. But I'll send my congressman over there to do it. So it's a basic moral principle of minding our own business and, and, not, uh, and not interfering with the rights and the privileges and the liberties of other people. And I'll tell you what. We would have a freer and more prosperous world if we just got a, going in that direction. It would be so overwhelmingly beneficial. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Come back soon.